This is the Daily Beast Podcast. I'm John Avalon, Editor-in-Chief of the Daily Beast. On this podcast, you're going to hear conversations about news, politics, pop culture, oh, and so much more from Daily Beast Radio on Sirius XM Inside Channel 121. Uh, Daily Beast Radio airs Saturdays at 9 a.m. and Sundays at 5 a.m. and noon. So let's get to it. Let's get on with the show. All right, we're going to do something a little different now. We're going to talk... Um, one of our favorite things in the editorial board meetings, the Daily Beast, uh, people go around the room, they pitch their ideas, and one of our favorite people at the Beast, one of my favorite people at the Beast, is uh, Emil Lendoff, who is a photo editor. Um, hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, he's a very talented young guy um, and in a variety of areas, and one of the many things he's passionate about uh, is space. And he always comes with great ideas about space, and he's very worried about a sun apocalypse. And he surfaces great stories that we haven't seen. And so we've been wanting Emil to talk about space, Emil on space. And that's what we're going to talk right now, Emil on space. Thank you so much for, that was a great introduction. Do you feel good about that? I do feel good about that. Excellent. That nice. makes me very happy. Yeah, I appreciate nice. that. Yeah. Uh, so what's going on in space, man? Well, not much. We just discovered a bunch of planets in the last few T months. Ah! You lowered expectations, and then you kind of like... Yeah, that's how you got to sell stuff. You gotta, okay. You got to come in low and then just... Okay, yeah. all right, go... Kind of okay. like a rocket. If you will, yeah. nicely done. Yeah, yeah. So a bunch of planets. Yes, there was a bunch of new planets. Uh, we discovered a new uh, gas giant, new rocky planets. Uh, and all these discoveries really help us uh, get to understand more of how our planet came to be what it is today, which mm -hmm. a lot of people, surprisingly, not a lot of people are interested in the history of the planet Earth as much as they should be. Because um, we all live here. We all live here. It is our home. Uh, and everything that has led up to the very point of now where we're living on Earth is mm -hmm. very important. So that, that way we know how to maintain life on Earth. So while you were at the beach, while you were having a beer, watching a ball game, uh, they discovered how many planets? Uh, there was, I think the last few months has been roughly, Three to five new planets. Three to five new planets. Yes, and, three to five new planets. And we're not gonna, more. And, and we're not going to vacation on these anytime soon. Not very far away. Yes, very, very, very far away. I mean, the most interesting part is of the discoveries is, uh, uh, I'm sure anyone who has the NASA app can attest to this, but they release images of the day every day, taken from the various satellites and like the Hubble Space Tel uh, Telescope. And you get to see all these different regions of the universe and things that, well, in NASA terms is right on our backyard, but it's really years and years and years and light years away from us. For example, just uh, yesterday, uh, they announced that the closest uh, quasar that's near us, which is the most power, it's essentially the center of a galaxy spinning. And they just discovered that the closest one is uh, powered by two massive black holes in the center of it which is huge because it, these things are things that we can barely even come to comprehend. And yet it powers the entirety of a galaxy and it keeps it spinning. And it gives us then energy and it keeps us alive indirectly. Um, I would like you to balance your excitement about the space elevator with your fear of the sunpocalypse. Yes, well, I, the sunpocalypse I think is very real because, uh, and in the meetings, I've mentioned this many times before. Uh, the, there was a small fear. There was a paper that came out uh, from uh, a UK office, a UK government office. This is a government office. This is a government office, yes. Yeah, an official paper released by them. I think it was like a business bureau paper, which was odd. 
but talking about preparations to be made in case of a, a gigantic solar flare, which is called a coronal mass ejection from the sun, which means the sun works, well, just a little background, the sun operates in 11-year cycles. So it, the activity goes up and down and it fluctuates. It's how the sun, we know the sun is healthy. So what happens is at the 11-year mark, it'll, the activity will start peaking and we're right around that corner. So around that time, there's an increase of solar flares like we heard a few months ago or last month, I believe, uh, there was a solar flare that came and there was like a beautiful red mist across the planet as seen from the International Space Station. And it's very beautiful, but it's also very scary because the sun is a giant ball of fire. And if it decides to, let's say, burp one day, could easily fry a whole bunch of stuff in the way there. So the fear... Sun burps will kill you. Yes, sun burps will kill you. And... Just check. Or destroy the internet. <laughs> in which is the ah! fear... Which is the fear that this business uh, uh, bureau paper had that we... They found themselves incredibly unprepared for if the sun just decided to release this intense amount of radiation and just shut down all our satellites. They were saying, well... This is the, the summary of the paper. You guys can look it up. I'm sure we could probably include it in, like, show notes or something online if we have. Sure. Yes. And Nico uh, Hines, I believe, wrote a wonderful yes, piece did. about yes, it. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And, yeah, they were basically just summarizing, yeah, we're really unprepared about this, and we're just writing this 50-something page paper to let you guys know that this, is gonna, that this could happen. There's a 1% chance of it happening, uh, which is not likely, but if it does happen, it's, it's terrifying because we would lose all radio signal. Electricity would be shut down. Uh, internet would definitely be gone. No radio, no way of communicating. Mm -hmm. And we're totally unprepared for that. That's basically all the papers said. All right. And, and, and now, just, let's do something fun. You could do space elevator, mm -hmm. or you can do uh, going up in a balloon in a um, getting drinks in like a pressurized balloon that goes to the low atmosphere. Which one I would do? Which, which would you prefer to talk about and do yourself? I would prefer the capsule just because... So it, set the scene. Okay, the scene is there's a space elevator that in theory is we're trying to construct it to be able to propel rockets up above the... Uh, high above in the, into the sky so then it's easier for them to take off and go into other planets and other bodies in space. Uh, and it makes it easier because you waste less fuel and you spend less energy actually getting through the atmosphere, mm -hmm, which is where mm -hmm. the bulk of the fuel gets spent. Uh, and that's the space elevator. And the balloon, uh, which a company recently yesterday that I was talking about um, announced, is like you get to go a little bit below, right at the edge where space begins and Earth ends in terms of the atmosphere. So you get to just chill there in a balloon in a pressurized capsule can have drinks you can just hang out and just get a fantastic view i would do that because that sounds as scary as it sounds because very high up it sounds like it's pretty safe in theory to just be there the space elevator many things i think could go wrong with that and could go terribly wrong <laughs> as, as ben collins said though like balloons and hate breathing uh on the other hand there are drinks there are drinks yes space and alcohol which is an interesting mixture what could possibly go wrong? Emil, thank you for coming to talk on space. Thank you.
You've been listening to the Daily Beast Radio Podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or wherever you get your fix. Uh, tune into more Daily Beast Radio on Sirius XM Insight 121, Saturdays at 9 and Sundays at noon. I'm John Avalon, Editor-in-Chief of the Daily Beast.